Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello, yes, welcome back to the Ministry of Change podcast. I'm glad you could make it. So this episode is the first in a series that I recorded on the Isle of Wight. I went there on the invitation of Beth and Christopher. She had seen something that I posted on the internet and she'd invite me down there to spend some time on the island and to, to sort of chat with her about her work, to meet other interesting people on the island and just to do a little bit of exploration of the island itself. I hadn't really ever been to the Isle of Wight properly. I mean, I say that I have been to the Isle of Wight, but it was years ago I went to the music festival Bestival, which used to be held there. And uh, while that was a wonderful time, uh, I don't think it was representative of the Isle of Wight. It was in my, um, how do I put it, I guess my more hedonistic days. And um, this trip a few weeks ago was a much, uh, I, I got to see, I, I guess, more of the island life and meet some people. And it was a much more sober affair, thankfully. Um, yeah, I, I, I think before I went, I'd sort of, I guess in June, I'd just overbooked myself and I was just so busy. I didn't really have any space. I think I'm someone that... I like to do stuff, I like to create stuff, I like to be busy, but I also need space. I need space to sort of land, I need space to ground myself, I need space to be, and I I, I sort of mismanaged that a bit in June, and I was worried about this trip to the Isle of Wight, though it might be a sort of one thing too far. But actually, I, I, I sort of just went, went into it with an open mind, and I managed to create lots of space so I managed to spend time talking with interesting people but I also managed to spend a lot of time walking in the woods walking in fields standing by the beach journaling and just sort of being with myself and I came back feeling sort of much more revitalized and um and also seeing yes yes like I do need to remember the importance of sort of just being able to be Anyway, in this conversation with Bethan, uh, we talked a lot about her her work with her program, which is called Grow Your Own Gorgeousness. And that is a program which is about empowering girls. It's about changing the narratives around body image. We're, we're constantly bombarded with these sort of images of what we should be like in the in the media. And they're often very unrealistic and not not really sort of that conducive to a healthy lifestyle. So uh, it. Bethan works around changing those narratives and we also talked about um sort of the importance of self-awareness but also this that clash that self-awareness can have with the capitalist system we talked a little bit about sort of the shortcomings of the education system and changes that may are either happening or need to happen there and we also talked about uh core values and how important they can be in helping you navigate through life um anyway uh, I'll, in a minute, I'll play that conversation between Bethan and I. Uh, and just before that, as I say at the start of all of my podcasts, it would be really nice if you do appreciate, if you do like listening to this, and if you would uh, like to um, help me just to spread this podcast a little bit further so people can hear these stories, then do go on iTunes and rate and review and subscribe. And that does help me move it forward and reach more people so thank you very much anyway for now here is my conversation with Bethan (laughs) 
I am called Bethan Christopher and I write things and I make things and I'm a mother and the purpose of the things that I do are mainly driven towards helping people to understand themselves more and love themselves more and integrate the parts of themselves more so that they can live joyfully. Good. Um, so, uh, actually, I'm interested. Why did you, you, when you saw the post about the Ministry of Change, why you invited kindly invited me to the Isle of Wight? What What was it that made you want to do that? Um, I love the name Ministry of Change. First of all, that really sparked something. I could instantly. I don't know, there's something really nice about that. I loved the idea of you collecting stories um, from people and sharing those stories. There was a real sense of, I could imagine you travelling around in your, your van called Ruby and collecting stories in your bag and then sharing them with others. So there was something very beautiful about that image. And there was also something very beautiful about sort of meeting people and unlocking them and allowing them a space to express what happened to them, their journey and their story. You know, as a writer, stories interest me. And as an artist, the vision, the visual of what you're doing was really compelling. What sort of stuff do you write? Um, I began writing um, fiction and that's, I, by my mid-twenties, decided to stop writing fiction. I had a few um, kids' books published, and as much as I loved that, it didn't quite hit the spot for me. I wasn't, it wasn't quite what I wanted to be, to be writing about. Um, then in sort of my mid to late twenties, I had an experience that meant that I really decided to sort of get real with my writing and use it as a vehicle to actually get a message out to the world and something that I was really passionate about. And as soon as I did that, um, my, my writing changed direction completely. And I started writing about um, change and how people can make changes in themselves and in their lives and in the world. And interesting, I'm now going back to writing fiction again, because um, again, I think that stories are amazing ways to, to to teach and to empower and to to get a message through to people so when with the um with the stuff you're doing where well, you're still doing the um the, the things before to sort of empower people you're doing before to empower so people. yeah the the book that i wrote yeah. in my mid-20s was called grow your own gorgeousness and it was written after the death of my brother um a situation like that occurring has funny kind of effects on people and the effect it had on me was that I just felt like I needed to hurry up stop dithering around tr stop trying to impress people with my writing or get you know some sort of acceptance through publication and actually instead take the thing that I was that I had as a as a talent and really use it and utilize it to to make a difference to people around me that was then um, published as a book and l as a result of that book being published it I had lots of educators and parents come to me and say please could you put together a delivery for teenagers based on the subject of body image and growing your gorgeousness 
and so I do still write on that subject. I've got a blog and I spend a lot of time writing for the, the Gorgeousness Programme, my online um, delivery, so that the girls that are accessing that have ongoing material that they can be working with. Um, so yeah, it's I do write non-fiction and, I, and I'm also, as yeah. I said, back on the fiction front as well. What does the, the Grow Your Own Gorgeousness stuff entail? Like what, what's... Like what is the sort of what is it? What is it? I mean, I know you said it's um, it's to sort of empower girls and uh, and it's around body image, but mm-hmm. like, what exactly does that entail? Well, the original book was very much an outpouring. It was more like a sort of clarion call to women um, to navigate away from the pressure in the media and from sort of our culture to fit into a certain box and to actually change the way they frame their body and their beauty so that was what the original Grow Your Own Gorgeousness book was about the program itself is a set of tools that I really used to transform my own body image because when I was young I had extremely poor self and body esteem and it was through kind of my journey and my navigation through my late teens and early 20s that I discovered a whole set of ways and means to start shifting the way I saw myself and changing my self-image and improving my self-image. Um, so what I did with the actual programme itself was created a series of sessions that would allow people to take different parts of their lives, different ways they're expressing themselves in the world and work with those areas to really fine-tune them and empower them. So, for example, the very first part of that is around really recognizing how conditioned we are by images and messages that we you know see through the media and actually taking back the pen the the camera the recording devices and recreating a new version of what it means to be beautiful as people what is that well it's whatever a person really chooses that's going to you know it's beautiful for them it's about an individual choice rather than a set of vital statistics that change from month to month or year to year and I, I guess that's probably one of the things when we first connected which I've I think that's what really appealed to me and where I thought like there's a lot of crossover with what I'm doing because I feel like it's sort of I mean it's sort of obvious that we can be whoever we want to be but it's not at the same time it's really hard mm. to do that it's, it's I think it's really hard to ex- ex- escape the sort of narratives that we're told we have to be and mm. need to be through like I don't know I guess through education systems through sort of like I guess like family friends just the way society is structured really so I just find it really interesting sort of how you sort of cut away all that and sort of get back to the essence and I think it's and I think it's I don't know it's such a hard thing to do and I it is hard and it's not static it's always changing as well you know the take people's idea of success when I was a kid growing up in my family home success meant that you got A stars at school and you went off and had a career that allowed you to have five holidays well maybe not five but enough holidays a year and a good house it was all material and it was about academia as a teenager that went out the window and I was all about success and happiness being intermingled and actually it was about adventure and freedom and then 
as sort of in my 20s suddenly I was back on the kind of I you know actually it's about goal setting and moving forward and getting to a place and and building a successful business and as a woman of my age now it's changed again my whole vision of success and I think that it's the same with kind of you know finding yourself as well it's with who we are at any point is so different isn't it yeah and the conditions we're surrounded by change and so we are influenced by that equally and so who we are shifts and changes um and who we're surrounded by as people you know who our influences are we can be surrounded by we can surround ourselves by social media by the television by the newspapers by magazines by people who are completely bought into uh mainstream ideas or we can surround ourselves with people who are questioning stuff who have a different opinion about what it means to to be a successful person to be a beautiful person and then we'll be influenced by that environment equally so you know we can't really divorce ourselves from our environments i don't believe personally so it's about choosing an environment that actually serves your greatest well-being and happiness yeah well, i think that's really important i think I, I i mean we talked yesterday about the fact that neither of us watch the news mm. anymore and i think like it's i don't know i thought i said again we told I told so many people and i think people either they sort of get that or don't but like it's it's i think the more you sort of dig into this thing the more you see that these sort of there are these just these underlying narratives that sort of keep us all in place in place but mm. often in a place that is sort of difficult I mean, not difficult. It's just miserable. Mm. It's like a miserable place. But you, but if you don't know that you can't sort of change that, like if you don't know that that's um, an option. Not if yeah, basically it's that. I feel like um, I don't know now. I guess I feel like much more free, which has its own difficulties because you actually have to choose stuff. But before I didn't even know there was a choice, mm. and I just like lived this thing. I thought this is what you need to do to be happy. Mm-hmm. I need to jump this. I need to graduate university like I've done that like I still don't feel happy you need to get a job it's like oh I've done that and I still don't feel happy like the relationship I've done that and I still don't feel happy and then after a while I start to think what I start to think okay actually that's um the formulas aren't working yeah like I'm looking forever like all these things and nothing's working and I, I guess something that had never dawned on me really was to that you need to look inside and I think mm-hmm. there was that I don't. You always like. I used to hear people sort of. Oh, I went off to Thailand and really found myself. I used to think like, what? A, um, I was going to say wanker. <laughs> what a wanker! <laughs> I said it. Uh, and uh, and I just never really understood that. And I, and I guess like probably those people were just actually going on a gap year and taking loads of drugs on the beach. And probably isn't the like definition mm. of find yourself that I understand now. But I do think mm. there's. It is that it's. Um, I think it's just something that's not that prevalent really the idea that you all the answers are already inside yourself i guess that's what the my perception of what the grow your own gorgeousness thing is it's like it's that's it isn't it saying like you're you're who you are and that's perfect that's is it um that's who you need to be i think what it is about in essence is you're fine hold yourself stand by yourself and 
once you find that inner resilience and stability you can start looking at the world around you and just questioning whether it's you that's messed up or the actual culture in which you're living in it just allows people to start asking questions and find a level of connection to themselves people i think are chronically disconnected from their truth and from their sense of i'm okay and instead they kind of look at the world at all these molds that are on offer whether it's a certain body type whether it's a certain career box whether it's a certain economic you know level of income whether it's a status and they're trying to fit themselves into all these boxes and trying to ask them these molds and wondering why they're not happy why they're not fitting why it's quite uncomfortable and why they've got a crick in their neck and then at some point people realize hopefully that it's because they haven't created their own mould to step into in the world. And so for me, the growing gorgeousness thing is about rec looking at yourself and actually realising that you're completely unique. You're not going to fit into any one of those boxes that are on offer by the you know sort of supermarkets or the, the media and or even by a school, a school careers officer and learn to manoeuvre their way into the world based on who they are rather than trying to fit into a, a box and it's not really you know many people don't ever recognize that they can do that well how um, i mean i sort of i guess i know from my own experience but how what do you say to people like what are those steps that people have to take when it's something they've never considered before For, so the way in which i'm um bringing this work to the table is first of all by helping young girls to recognize that there is no one unique beauty also there's not one one set of beauty standards they have to conform to because that's something that's quite um, painful for a lot of young women growing up and women throughout their lives if they don't fit into that mold then they can potentially spend their whole life a in a state of self-improvement or b just feeling like they're somehow faulty and so that's the kind of the doorway that they step into the work that I do through trying to find some form of self-acceptance and self and peace within themselves and then it's a process of introducing the individuals to pathways and techniques that allow them to become self-aware and actually look inside themselves and work and begin for the first time exploring the unique qualities that make them up as people realizing that maybe their beliefs are you know aren't natural to them but they've been given to them and actually that they can change their beliefs and their thoughts about themselves that they can even begin to ch shift their physiology by changing the way they see themselves um, so it's really a whole uh, sort of, um, palette of different techniques to help people to step back into themselves and to reconnect with their bodies with their sort of minds and their, and their emotions. Do you think teenage boys have a similar thing? I think that teenage boys equally need the same piece of work, yeah. Um, a huge amount of parents and teachers have asked, where's the boys version? And my response to that is, I need some boys to help me create that and some men to help me create that because that's a world that I can't, pretend that I've walked in, I haven't walked in that world, I've walked in it from a female perspective and I'd need some men to help me or to help put that together.
maybe themselves. Yeah. But. So yeah, there's definitely space for boys to. There's a need, big need. I guess okay, I, guess, I think also, um, I guess on the other end of the spectrum for boys, there's this sort of um, idea that there's a sort of certain idea of masculinity of what you have to be, and I think, and I guess with social media and stuff that. I think all these things are just amplified by social media. Yeah. I think from yeah. from both perspectives. We talked yesterday about like how how difficult. So well, like I think I I've got, I'm not saying it's going to put words in your mouth, but how difficult I found school, how horrible mm. I found school, and I didn't have people able to pick up the phone and insult me over Facebook or Instagram in the safety of my own bedroom. So like. I can't even begin to imagine yeah. how difficult it is, what a minefield it must be for young people now. Mm. And, um, yes, and I think you're doing really important work. And I wonder, like... I don't know, I guess it's just... It, it's it's bizarre, really, that someone like you has to go into a school and offer a programme like that, mm. that it's not part of, like... The education, anyway. The, I mean, I've got some quite sort of strong beliefs around that the fact that you know we live in a, a capitalist society which needs people to behave in certain ways in order to keep the machine oiled and moving and people being self-aware people wanting to be sustainable in their lives people wanting to make changes isn't actually welcome what capitalism needs is well-behaved obedient members of society and you know the focus in many schools and it's not true of all schools but in many schools is to help children to achieve academically without looking at it holistically which is that children who are happy children that are inspired children who believe in themselves and children that are purpose driven will do what it takes to get where they want to get in their life um and that's true of me in that i left school as i said to you at 16 with no qualifications and yet have made a success I believe of my life despite all of those things because I had the passion and the vision and the drive to do what I wanted to do and to get there so it's you know some schools don't bring this stuff in but lots of schools do it's just not a major priority it's not a major priority it's not up at the top but I I feel that we're entering a, a new world where sort of resilience and the ability to sort of think outside the box, think for yourself, is is going to be more and more. It's going to be important. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, a form of capital that people have or they don't have. Yeah, I mean, what I, even like our like sort of our children's generation and their children's generation, what sort of world they're going into, and I just think like probably in the vast majority of cases we're not really focused on that we're not really focused on what the long term thing no. is and I think I guess it's still like a hangover from like from what did work like there was a point I mean when I was younger that was a similar story to you I guess it's 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 sort of you finish school you finish, go to university mm. you get a job mm -hmm. you buy a house have a family you live happily ever after and start the cycle again um, which sort of I mean, I feel that's like a lot of the sort of, I guess, sort of mental healthy stuff that's have, that sort of occurred in my sort of, especially throughout my twenties, is because of that. Because I sort of 
you know, when I got to the end of the university ladder and it didn't all work out. And like, left wondering. It's like, oh no, like actually suddenly I'm like, oh, I have to start actually trying to sort of learn how to live in the world without mm. following a path and realising that I had no, I basically had no tools to do that. Mm. Just had no idea what that meant. And it took years and years of like, sort of a lot of turmoil to sort of even begin to start to yeah, see that. because you hadn't been equipped with the... No, and I feel like that's where... Yeah, like, I don't know, sort of learning, yeah, I don't know how to do, I was going to say long division, but I still don't know how to do long division. <laughs> <laughs> I no, can't do any of maths. Uh, but, like, learning all these things, like, you learn so much, so many things, but, like, just sort of, I guess I got inside from, like, just things like, how do you fill out a tax return form? I have no idea, like, how do you, I don't know, sort of, don't know the admin of life like sort of the admin of sort of relationships sort of, like yeah. coming and going and like sort of those, those sort of human connections just like no idea how do you look inside yourself what what does that mean i have no idea mm. what that is like i don't know i don't know there was a an incredible inside. piece of work that i love is core values have you ever looked at your core values um, some core values a little bit but probably not enough that's just yeah. an incredible place to start for anybody because your core values are things that are so important to you that mm. you would rage if your core values had been violated. It can bring down relationships if you have a core value that is continu- consistently violated by the other person. Um, there's just so much awareness around yourself and what you're doing in your life that can be that sort of founded on on your core values and what's important to you in that sense what are your core values my core values are freedom um creativity strength adventure and love and when i met my chappie who i will be marrying in a week or two um, I gave him a piece of paper with a, a list of core values written on them and he sort of filled them out a little bit apprehensively, sort of circled them and he gave them back to me and said, does that mean we're not compatible? When I read them through <laughs> and I said, it's nothing to do with being compatible or not. It's so that I can see what absolutely drives you and your life. It's really important. And look, this is what drives me in my life. And it was such an amazing thing because suddenly you have a narrative around what's really important to you and I can look at a set of my my set of core values now and if one of them is being consistently violated in my life if there's something that I'm doing that isn't fulfilling that core value I know that I'll be off kilter they'll be able to have an effect and I can then work to adjust that in order to to sort of fulfill my get my well-being level back up again so that's just a, a brilliant way to begin looking at who you are as an as an individual it's like you're you're thumbprint your fingerprint of who you are do you sometimes you know like the um you see things like the sort of the myers-briggs and mm-hmm. stuff i find that really um really useful not not in a not that it's such it needs to be such a like prescriptive thing but i find it really useful to know sort of what other people's sort of personality types mm. are and it really sort of makes it helps, I think, to sort of it does. navigate some of those relationships. And I think, particularly if they they're sort of almost coming from the same hymn sheet yeah. as well, that you can both talk about it. So rather yeah. than sort of clashing 
locking horns with people yeah. and wondering why the hell they don't understand why you're so upset about it. Yeah. Instead, you've got that sort of self-compassion and they've then got that understanding and awareness that you've just had your freedom taken away in yeah. your head and therefore that's why you're acting like and I think it helps like you still help me sort of make sense of myself a bit like I saw like I don't know how like sort of like scientifically accurate it is but like to see that like a lot of people had sort of said like I'd say like I'm relatively introverted I need like space mm-hmm. like all the time if, when the world starts getting too much I just I need to be in like a field or walking around or just like sort of having space to myself reading something like that I just need to get away from it but then other times I feel like I'm I need to be around people and I need to be sort of sharing stuff I need to have a community and I could never really quite balance that but then doing that test I was like sort of 52% introverted mm-hmm. and like 48% is that the right maths I'm so awful mm-hmm. yeah, like that that's like an extrovert and I thought okay that that makes that sort of I don't know how much that really means yeah. something, but to me it was like, okay, that sort of makes allows me to sort of make a little bit more sense of this thing which I've been totally. struggling with. Do you with. journal? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I journal. Yeah. One of the, the other aspects that I bring into the Gorgeousness Programme for girls is around their monthly hormone cycle because a, a woman who is in this period of life where she's menstruating is she goes through a series of hormonal shifts in the month which will dramatically affect her relationship with herself and the world and how she's interacting with the world so um, towards sort of moving towards ovulation a woman will often feel very capable um, much more confident which is a result of the estrogen testosterone in her system she'll be it's been shown that women can communicate more effectively and will generally be out in the world and quite happy to be in that space whereas you move into this sort of premenstrual phase of that cycle and suddenly those hormones have started to shift and go down and drop and as a result of that it will almost be as though the woman kind of shifts inside herself more doesn't actually want to go to that party that she booked a week ago when she was feeling like a complete party animal Um, and if uh, one of the things that I ask the kids to do is actually to journal their their month in like literally a couple of words per day just to describe how they're feeling because what tends to happen is after a few months of doing this you start to notice uh, a pattern in the cycle of that extroversion and then that introversion and how it's almost like an ebb and a flow that happens because of those hormonal changes in the body and I don't think as far as I'm aware much research has been done into the male hormonal cycle whether there's also some sort of shift and and occurrence that happens like that which would affect mood yeah there's just there's lots and lots of things that you can do to really um, start exploring the ecosystem of yourself and it's actually fascinating and rewarding and expanding and deepening yeah and a real adventure to go on thank you so much to bethan for sharing that i I think bethan's a really inspiring person and the work that she does is really inspiring as well and it's also really important uh, if you want to find out more about the grow your own gorgeousness program or or about her uh, our other work and her her 
fiction writing, then go and look at her website. It's really a really good website, and it's www.bethandchristopher.com. I'll put links down below in the show notes so you can find everything there. Um, and oh, also congratulations to Me- uh, Bethan. She mentioned in the um, podcast that she was getting married in a few weeks, and now uh, now she has got married, and so that's very exciting, isn't it? Congratulations for that. Um, uh, if you want to find out more about what I'm doing with Ministry of Change, then do check out my website, uh, www.theministryofchange.org. Um, email me, marcus at theministryofchange.org. Uh, and uh, as I said before, if you would like to um, help me by subscribing and rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple iTunes, that would be really 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 fantastic and i also have a patreon page um if you are able or would like to pledge to to help me um financially then you can go there and that also gives you access to extra sort of behind the scenes stuff from ministry of change some uh uh, early access to some podcasts and also um yeah lots of other content so so do go on there that would really help me that's uh my page is patreon.com forward slash ministry of change so uh, again everything's in the show notes most important thing is that you're listening uh do share this with your friends and thank you very much and i will be back again with some more episodes shortly so thank you very much goodbye